Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Blue in possession there, and it's a three-on-one momentarily, and Haaland is in! And that is the inevitable outcome. Erling Haaland on the mark again. And it's a question of, will Marco Royce actually pick the right ball? Of course he will. Will Haaland finish? Of course he will. Will it be 3-1? It is. It was Kylian Mbappé on Tuesday. It's Erling Haaland on Wednesday. His brace helps Borussia Dortmund win 3-2 against uh, Sevilla. But of course, Porto is the other big storyline as they win 2-1 against Juventus. Will that precious away goal help Andrea Pirlo's side? We will see. We have Jimmy Conrad, James Bench to recap Wednesday's action in the Champions League. Que golazo begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Go Lasso. This is our Wednesday Champions League recap. Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, how are you, bud? I'm great. Another fantastic day of Champions League action. So I'm excited to dive in and talk about it. Absolutely. James Bench, how are you, my friend? Yeah, great. As Jimmy says, it was a really cool, cool night of football. Enjoy. <laughs> cool so, under, so understated, James Bench. A cool night of football. I love I- that. I love it. It sounds like a good film ready to be made. But anyway, let's get straight into it. All three of us have obviously been glued to the monitors on these games. And we begin, of course, with Porto beating Juventus 2-1. Two quick goals from each half from Porto, but then uh, Chiesa got one back. And that's a vital, vital away goal, I would feel, for Juventus. Jimmy, let's get straight into it. Porto against Juventus. 2-1. Listen, I said in the preview that I thought Porto were going to do something in this game. I thought they were going to get a result. I just didn't have the courage to pick them to win straight up. I had the draw. I thought that was a safe play. And maybe had Juventus not made a couple of mistakes, the draw would have been the right way to go. But uh, fair play to Porto. I thought their energy was fantastic. They came out and punched Juve right in the face. And for me, you create your own luck. And I think they did that with the first goal. Obviously, a bad giveaway from Juve's perspective, but too casual from Bentecourt in that particular position. And Porto, I thought, deserved the win. They really did. And I do think they're going to rue giving away that, that away goal to Chiesa with 10 minutes left. But we talked about it as well in the preview that they had a penchant, especially in the last five, six, seven weeks of giving up goals late, losing that concentration. And that could cost them here in the second leg. Yeah, absolutely. That goal is huge for Juventus, I think. And Porto is really going to rue that. And by the way, at the very end of this game, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, complaining, Juventus complaining a possible penalty. The ref blew the whistle. Everybody thought he was actually blowing the whistle to just hold for VAR. But no, the game was over. Uh, We can talk about that penalty in a second or that non-penalty, of course. And, you know, the arguments from Juventus aside. But James Bench, your initial thoughts here as Porto beat Juventus 2-1, albeit giving up up a goal that could be crucial in the second leg yeah i'm not i'm not sure it's going to be that crucial this juventus team is really underwhelming and has been underwhelming in europe as we said in the preview show for kind of quite a while now um they are they have 
mistakes in them. The defense is going to be even worse off if Chiellini's out for a while. And obviously, he limped out of the game. A, a lot of people were very keen to say the first goal wasn't Chesney's fault, but he didn't. He certainly didn't make it any easier. Uh, you know, passing the ball to um, uh, Bentancur under pressure and then dropping away kind of, you know, leaving all this space um, and basically challenging Bentenko to get rid. He absolutely should have saved the first. So, you know, I look at it and think, well, Porto have, have definitely got a goal in the away leg in them. And then it's massive challenge for Juventus to to go and win this tie. And I mean, obviously they've got the quality. I thought Ramsey made a, a decent impression when he came on late. But I think this is a real mountain that, that Juventus have left themselves with. They haven't been playing that well throughout this season. Um, what you're really relying on is that there's individuals here with a will to win that know how to, what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mountain, but it's not that much of a bigger mountain now that they have that goal, Jimmy Conrad. Yes, that's true. I want to get into the tactics of Pirlo. I thought he got outmanaged by Porto Sergio Conceição. The fact that he went with Cristiano Ronaldo only as the lone striker had Kulusevski a little bit off of his shoulder instead of just starting Morata. Morata came on and the team just looked like they were playing better. Yeah. I was disappointed he took off Weston McKinney to put on Morata. I thought McKinney was the least of Juve's problems. Like take off Benteker or Rabio. But we saw on the goal in particular, Rabio or somebody from the midfield finally joins the attack, kind of gets behind the strikers and he ends up, ends up being the one that crosses it over to Chiesa. That's when they felt more comfortable when Morata came on. The fact that he didn't start with two strikers, that has to be looked at. He should be criticized for that. And I suspect that they're going to change that for like two. Yeah. James Bench, listen, one thing I wanted to uh, ask as well is I feel the reason why I guess why I'm a little bit more comfortable about Juventus is because the way they conceded, I mean, it was very naive. I guess the naivety will continue in the second leg. Who knows? But they concede after literally like seconds right, uh, in the first half. Then you get the halftime break in the dressing room. I don't know what Andrea Pirlo is saying, but it didn't work because 20 seconds in, Musa Morega gets another goal. And it's just, you know, that's just shocking, shocking. So do you feel that this continued use of naivety from Juventus' side will push along in the second leg and Porto will take it? How do you see it? Yeah, I do, because, again, I'm going back to that Leon tie last season when they were making basic mistakes. I'm going back to... Um, was it Real Madrid they lost to the previous season where they, you know, they left themselves a, a mountain to climb. It's, it's, it's a team that doesn't, it doesn't click in the way it used to. It doesn't have underlying principles. And because of that, you know, at least in the European stage, because of that, it makes basic mistakes when it comes up against a, a top level team. So I would expect Porto to score again. I'm not going to, you know, say that Juventus are out, but I would expect Porto to score again. And then we are, we're asking an awful lot of Juventus, that away goal suddenly is worth nothing. All Porto need to do is score, and it's, they're in a great position to go through it. Yeah, Jimmy, do you think Pirlo will actually start Morata in the second leg? And also, Juan Cuadrado, I feel like his absence was uh, was missed. I feel like he would be a good uh, you know addition if, if he makes it to the second leg. Yeah, I feel like they did miss his presence a lot. He leads the Champions League and assists with five. And just his mere presence was just going to change the balance of Juve. Now, they got their goal from the left side across. I mean, Chiesa ended up scoring it from the right, but but uh, the attack started on the left side. They felt very – Alexandra was on the left side. Everything felt like it was coming down the left, and I think that's because of Juan Cuadrado's uh, lack of uh, presence, that is. What I find – I guess maybe – I feel like I got a little harsh on my lord and savior, Andrea Pirlo. I do want to say, though, as a manager, and I, I coach as well – when you give up a goal 63 seconds in, you don't plan for that, especially you don't plan on Benzker making it being too casual, making a, you know, Chesney doesn't react quick enough. And then you have some tactics at halftime. 
all go out the window after you give up a goal 20 seconds after the kickoff of the second half. So in fairness to him a little bit, but I still think there should be some questions. I do think he'll revert back to it in the second leg. I think that Chiesa goal could end up being the difference. I do agree with Benj that Porto are going to be tough. They have confidence. That's the, the last thing you want to do to a team that's the underdog is give them a little bit of belief. And I know we'll talk about it a little bit with Dortmund, uh, Sevilla as well. And they gave them that. And that, that gave them the energy to continue to push on and to buy in even further to Sergio Conceição's tactics because, hey, it's working. We're beating Juve. We're in control of this. How amazing is that? Let's keep it going, you know? And I think if they can get off to a good start in leg two and continue to have that vibe in some ways, and that's going to be the big challenge for Conceição. How do you kind of get that? Because this is in a couple more weeks until this, this second leg happens. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how he does. But Juve, to your point, Luis, you can't sleep on these guys. You know, they're very experienced and they have the greatest ever to do it in the competition on their team. But that's why they bought him, right? This is to win these types of games. So we'll see if he shows up in leg two. Yeah, you made a really good point. Kostasau outmanaged Andrea Pirlo today, I think. Uh, Pirlo got lucky with that Chiesa goal, uh, but we'll see what happens. Right, gut reaction, just instinct, straight away. James Bench, will Juventus lose in Por uh, to Porto uh, overall and, and bow out of the Champions League? Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. That's what I wanted. Just a full on yes. Jimmy? So I'm going to say this. I'm going to give some context because I feel like my prediction God status can continue to be confirmed. After we did the Champions League draw in mid-December, this was the game that I identified that I thought Porto could beat Juventus. This was my big upset. That's since changed after I saw Liverpool play in a certain way. I thought, oh, maybe RB Leipzig's the team. Now, after seeing Liverpool, RB Leipzig, I'm going back to Porto. So, so I just, that's what I should have stuck with my initial instinct. Uh, I, I just liked what Porto was about. And because they have an identity already, whereas I knew Juve would still be probably seeking it and, and still trying to cram in, you know, accommodating CR7 because whether Juve fans want to look at it or not, everything's still built around how do we satisfy and accommodate this guy? And that might lose the balance of the team in a more proper way, let's say. Yeah, I'm going with Porto as well. They're going to do this. Uh, they're going to take care of business. All right, let's uh, move on. As, of course, the other game, uh, a goal fest, in a sense. And Erling Haaland, with a brace, helps Borussia Dortmund with three precious away goals against Sevilla, who did pull one back thanks to Luke de Jong in the second half. So 3-2 to Borussia Dortmund. And so they go back to Germany uh, with that cushion of having three goals. But... You never know what could happen, of course. Jimmy Conrad, initial thoughts as Erling Haaland, Haaland scores a brace. Was that 18 goals? 18 goals in the Champions League. Uh, just, he's amazing. He is amazing. If you look at his stats after leaving RB Salzburg, since he's won the, the black and yellow Borussia Dortmund, he's averaged a goal a game. He got two today. He's, he's above average now with regard to that. It's crazy. He's so good. And he just didn't score a brace. He also set up the first goal, which was all his work on the sideline. He got out of a yeah. tough situation. I was like, dude, this guy, they can't defend him. He's unplayable in so many different ways. And that led to a, a decent goal by Dahoud. But then from there, I mean, he scored a brace in the first half against a team that hadn't given up a goal in seven straight games. I mean, that's ridiculous. That is so ridiculous. They gave up more goals in 44 minutes in their last 10 games. I mean, can we, can we just absorb that stat? So I, I mean, Erling Holland's a cheat code in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think he put Dortmund in, in the driver's seat and maybe Sevilla scoring that early goal. I feel like they relaxed a little bit after that. And maybe that's, I don't know. I'm trying to find some answers for Sevilla and I don't outside of, I feel like they really miss Lucas Ocampos. Papa Gomez, I love him, but when the game starts to become a track meet, he's not your guy. You know, he wants to come back. He wants to slow down the attack. He wants to be driving everything when Ocampos is in. 
they're just a little bit more athletic. They can do more things as a team. And I thought they really missed him in particular. Well, I tell you what, that one goal from Luke de Jong did help them a lot because I think 3-1 going to the second leg will be tougher. James Bench, initial thoughts on, on this game as Borussia Dortmund with three precious uh, away goals. It's all about Erling Haaland. I mean, I don't want to go overboard here, but I... Let's I'm do watching it. Haaland. I'm watching Haaland and I'm not... You know, you don't see another footballer like this. You watch Haaland and you see Giannis. You see... <laughs> yeah. Better than Giannis, you see Julius Randle. Yes, you see, <laughs> see that this player that shouldn't play the way he does. He, he's a giant, and he moves with such grace and such speed. And he is is so efficient. I'm just looking at the numbers here. Four touches in the box. That was all he had. He, he actually he was hardly involved in this game except for the passage of play, where he obliterated Sevilla. I mean, Diego Carlos is a good defender. He looked genuinely looked terrified when Haaland started running at him. It was, yeah. you know, Haaland, uh, Carlos was like, I'll get out of the way. Jules Kunde spent the whole, you know, this 70 million pound defender spent a whole game going, I'm not going near Haaland. I don't want a piece of this. This guy is, I know we, you know, we waxed lyrical about Mbappe last night. We have to acknowledge that we now are in the, we're in the next stage or we're coming into the next stage where we're going to have two superstar strikers, Haaland and, and Mbappe. And they are a level no one else in Europe at their age is at, and that we've not seen since Messi at this age, I would argue. A yeah. phenomenon, a phenom. And I mean, for Sevilla, I was just so disappointed at how they reacted to that goal. Passive, boring, Rakitic. It was like he was unable to pass the ball forward. They, they blew it, but I can see why they were terrified of Haaland. <laughs> just fastest player to reach five goals in the Champions League, fastest player to reach 10 goals in the Champions League. He'll be the fastest player to reach 20 goals. Jimmy, is Haaland enough? I mean, Dortmund, Jaden Sancho looked good. Mm -hmm. No, I thought he looked good. Uh, Marco Royce was busy, you know, maybe didn't stand out to the standards we have seen before from him. But the way they set up was a Christmas tree. They were in the 4-3-2-1. I said before the game on CBS Sports HQ that it felt very defensive, very conservative. And they were just hoping, hoping that Holland would go and do his thing. And guess what? Erling Holland went and did his thing. And then once that happened and once they got the lead and got that confidence, you could see all of Dortmund relax. Just take a deep breath. We're good. We got all these away goals. We got Erling Holland. Yeah, we're fine. You know, and unfortunately, they let Sevilla back into the team. And I thought it was funny that uh, Julian Lopetegui, the manager for Sevilla, made all of his subs. He can make five subs in this competition. He made all five subs by the 72nd minute. He was just like, now nah, you're coming off, you're coming off, you're coming <laughs> off. And I thought that it, it, it made a difference, actually. Luke de Jong was very active, and I think we might see him in that second leg, maybe start. You know, We'll see if Lucas Ocampos comes back. They still have a chance, but that second goal, very similar to Chiesa for Juve, gives them more hope heading, heading into that second leg. And so we'll see. I mean, Dortmund can bleed a lot of goals. They've given up leads plenty of times this season. So that this is not uh, Dortmund all the way. But if you have Holland in your team, just like if you have Mbappe in your team, you always have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, to James Benj's point about the chances that uh, Holland had, not that many touches inside the box. Kind of the same overall for Dortmund. I mean, they had less than 35% possession in this game and they didn't need the ball that much. They just need to take advantage of it. And Sevilla have a lot to do in this game. All right, again, my gut instinct, James Bench, let's do it to you. Borussia Dortmund, can they take care of business against Sevilla? Can Sevilla get two goals here, make it two nothing? See, I'm not as confident on this one. So I can't give you a one word answer because <laughs> Now talk got, to me. They, they do have these, they do have the, they have real quality, as as Jimmy said. They missed they missed a Campos. 
Papu Gomez was nothing like what we hoped he might be. So that there's the quality there to turn around this tie, but it, it comes down to Dortmund have got so many away goals to play with that I, do, I just don't see it because you, you're asking Sevilla to basically go there and win by a two-goal margin, realistically. I just, I don't quite see that. So I think we're, we're looking at Dortmund in the last eight. And this was without Gio Reyna, Jimmy Conrad, as well, this game. Uh, I mean, not that they don't have enough young stars, but, you know, it wasn't like they had also another product of creative player uh, that can cause some damage. No, I think that he got sacrificed because they were playing a little bit more conservative. I think they were trying to counterpunch, as you, as you mentioned, with the possession makes uh, a lot of sense that they were trying to counterpunch, counterattack, and they've got a couple of good players that know how to do that and do it well, and that, that was uh, it bore some fruit today. I really feel like Erling Holland, that first goal where he gets out of the, he gets out of this really tight situation that unlocked a lot of things. And I think it took, it took a, once they gave up that goal, they hadn't given up a goal in seven games, Sevilla. So that ball hits the back of the net and you can see them kind of, I don't know. I don't know if there was some doubt there. Like we can't control this guy, but something definitely changed. But with regard to Gio Reyna, I don't know. Tursic is a young manager. He's an interim manager. I don't know if we'll see him in leg two. You know, maybe he comes on as a super sub. I do like Gio Reyna's connection, though, with Erling Holland. They're friends off the field, and I think that rapport shows. But it wasn't needed today. Erling Holland was just a, a man amongst boys. All right, let's ask the final question as we wrap this up. Overall, we've seen the first uh, week, uh, the return of the Champions League and the knockout stage. Uh, how happy are you? One to ten. Uh, did you enjoy it? What day was it? Uh, Kylian Mbappé, did he lead the week, James Bench? Was he the one for you, anybody else, or anything else from all these games that we've seen? Oh, no, it was Ozan Kabak's week. Of course it was Kylian <laughs> week. What are you talking about? This is a... This is one of those Star Wars born moments. I mean, we've had so many, we've had about five of them from Mbappe, but what a week. And we've got the Europa League to come. Your favorite tournament, James oh, May. Yes. Absolutely. Jimmy Conrad, Kylian Mbappe, of course, uh, just took the week. Can, can I? Can I pass this question over to Florentino Perez from Real Madrid? Because I think he's only <laughs> going to be able to afford one of these two players, Kylian Mbappe or Erling Holland. And if I'm him, I don't know which one I go with, frankly. I, I think you could make a really strong argument as to who you'd want to build around. They're both generational players, and I'm excited for both of their futures. Maybe they'll be teammates one day. I don't know, but I don't see that happening uh, in the near future. I feel like uh, Madrid will be too top-heavy if they just went with those two guys and nobody else. I mean, Sergio Ramos can't play till he's 50. You know, maybe he can, but but uh, yeah, interesting times for their futures in particular. But yeah, very impressed with Kylian Mbappe in particular. Absolutely. Well, that's it. That's our recap for the day. James Bench, thank you so much, buddy. My pleasure. Jimmy Conrad, always a pleasure. Always. You know it. See you guys later. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. We also have our Europa League preview, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. We have all the content you need. We're also coming back with our weekend preview, of course, and another very special interview to come out later in the week. So much content. Make sure that you subscribe and you please leave a rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the first week of Champions League. Europa League round of 32 is round the corner very, very soon. Make sure you listen to the preview. Have a great, great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.